0: Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of the Grape Expectations, a.k.a. Grape Podcast. My name is John Griffin, and I'll be your first of a rotating series of hosts bringing you fun and interesting conversations with winemakers from around the world. So, time's a-wasting, let's get to it. Okay, today I'm talking with Ken Wright of Ken Wright Cellars. Uh, good morning, Ken. Thanks uh, for joining me on your during your busy schedule. you John Uh, oh yeah so the 2017 vintage in the Willamette what should we know what should we be telling our customers how
1: was it Uh, well 17 was uh, one in a string of uh, continuing string of quite warm years you know really beginning back in 12 um, the, the years have been warmer than than Usual, warmer than average, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. and uh, seventeen and fifteen were quite warm and um, and so they were quite uh, quite a bit of light. Mm-hmm. they were both they were both years where you had enough heat that it was critical to leave enough crop that you could slow the plant down. The reason that PNOR does so well here. Is that generally it's it's such a cool climate, um, what some might call a marginal climate, which is exactly where Piaroa thrives.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, because it is, it is inherently the the quickest ripening variety that there is. And if you put it in a too warm of a location, it races to high sugar levels, and it forces your hand. It makes it, it requires that you harvest it before the uh, sugars get completely out of control and you end up with alcohols that make no sense.
0: And sometimes the uh, seeds are going to be behind in the, in the whole process. Right. Yeah.
1: Well, well yeah, yeah, physiological development isn't what it should be. And, and so, and actually, so the, the, the detail, the detail that comes with being on the vine, the proper amount of of Growing season or hang time is critical, Um, and so in a year where it's exceptionally warm, uh, the only control that you have, um, or you know, because you still need the fruit to become physiologically ripe, you -hmm. you you can't manipulate wine and make it physiologically ripe. Uh, That comes only from time on the vine, and so the only the only control that we have is to delay ripening by leaving more crop it's it's the opposite reaction to a cool year you know in a cooler year uh, you're going to when you're when you're struggling for for heat uh, you will advance ripening by removing crop exactly. and that's something you know as, that's what we started in 1987 you know the first in the United States um, was done, you know, that, that was the first time we'd ever done it and anyone had ever done it. It was 1987 with Freedom Hill and Canary Hill. And uh, it was, it was it, we did acreage contracts with them that year in order to control crop. Mm-hmm. So that the, the grower, the key thing is that you, you can't punish your grower um, by asking them to drop crop and being paid less. You, you just, the winery has to step up.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah. If you're paying them by the ton, they're gonna right. not be happy.
1: No, of course not, and they shouldn't. Exactly. Um, and so it's up, it's up to the winery to, to to step up and take care of that. And and so we did in '87, and it was remarkable what a difference it made in a cooler year to remove crop. And often, you know, we're often in in cooler years removing as much as half of the fruit. And by removing that weight, that work that you're asking the plant to do, by removing half the work, it happens faster.
0: Exactly. And 2017
1: Here, was kind of opposite of that. It is, it is It was the opposite of that. 17 and 17, it was so warm that we needed to slow the plants down, not speed them up. And so in 17, as in 15, the key was to leave as much crop as possible to slow the plants down. make sure that there was a lot of work to do so that you're extending the season mm-hmm. and, and that's exactly what we did. Uh, we you know we left um, f- as much crop as possible everywhere in order to slow the plants down and it worked really well. It extended our season. We ended up with um, you know beautiful ripeness and uh you know at the very end of the year right before we harvested we did go through and do a um a cleanup if you will just to make Mm -hmm. sure anything anything that was a little behind we took care of and so forth but but the but we it was important through the season the growing season to leave all that work and and uh and it did it extended our season significantly so by doing leaving all that crop we were able to delay delay harvest and give us the time to to acquire the complexities that come with hang time, both in aroma and flavor. And so what you'll find, even though it was a very warm year, very warm year, what you're going to find is that the alcohols are totally in um, There is no sense of overripe or dried fruit qualities whatsoever. It's a very fresh fruit profile. Really beautiful, actually. You, you, said, been, uh, the
0: alcohol, you said the alcohols were uh, toned? I, I, you kind of blanked out there.
1: Oh, forgive me. the The alcohols were totally in line. They were totally not. Line. They, they were not excessive at all. Um, you know, so yeah, there's no sense that there's no heat. There's no um, over. You know, sweetness that can come with excessive alcohol. Yeah, uh,
0: they're, they're, it, it,
1: they're they're super balanced. And we and tried a, yeah, we tried
0: a few of them just uh, last week or the week before, and that's mm-hmm. exactly the impression I got. You know, I mean, they weren't. Mm-hmm. You know, they weren't warm or hot by any stretch of the imagination. No, no. Uh, wow, I thought they were super approachable and right, you know,
1: pretty right. Yeah, no, they're very approachable, and they, you know, they're they're um, they're very balanced. And, yeah. and that and that comes from you know the approach in the vineyard. It you know it it, it comes from understanding um, that you you have to have that hang time in order to get true true complexity. Um, and so you yeah, know that's and so it, it it's it's something that you know, it's important to be as a grower it's important to be light on your feet and aware mm-hmm. um, and you have it's, it's critical that you react um, you can't just ignore you can't put your head in the sand and just do things by rote you know just because yeah. we started doing uh, you know thinning um, you know back in you know back in the day we were doing you know in in the tougher, cooler years, we would be down to two tons an acre or so. Mm-hmm. What happens is some people get stuck in a in a reciped rut.
0: Yeah, exactly. Where they
1: think where they think oh, two tons is what I'm going to do every year, without without consideration of what Mother Nature is bringing to you in that vintage.
0: Yeah, they think dropping crop is what you got to do all the time, and
1: sometimes Correct. you don't. No, sometimes you don't. there we go there we go still going um let's see
0: um let's see okay so that's so though so that would say the yields are pretty high in general
1: uh, quantities are big yes the yields of the yields were as a result of keeping crop to to delay ripening Mm -hmm. the 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 yields are higher but it's the right approach for that year exactly Uh, you know every and that's that's the thing is you have to understand what What's happening in that year, you have to be paying attention to the accumulated heat or lack of and then and then and then respond appropriately in terms of crop level. And that's you know, that's that's what we do. And fortunately, we're able, you know we did many years ago, uh, we did a ten year study on the on thinning, on the timing of thinning. and i I did it initially by myself, our our company. By ourselves and then we brought in a bunch of partners, other other uh, wineries in the in vineyards in the area and we looked at uh, it used to be that there was this lore that you could not thin before color hmm. uh, if you did if you did thin before color, uh, the lore was that the berries would size so you'd end up with large berries and and, and as you might expect, since everything you love in wine is in the skin, you know, color, right. aroma, flavor, mm-hmm. if you have a large berry, there's less skin to juice. And so everything is diluted. Everything, mm-hmm. is, everything is less. Well, and so that, that lore was, um, you know, prevalent everywhere. And it mostly came from California. And, of course, a lot of people. California, and they brought that lore with them to Oregon, um, and so we cha- But we challenged it because there was there was almost zero work. There was a study in Israel, a study in the Central Valley that tended to support that, but nothing had been done uh, outside of those areas to support that. Yeah. Assu- that assumption. Yeah, every so we- area is different. Every area is different, and so we challenged the the assumption, and we. Ended up thinning at uh, you know the, the traditional time was about 75% color and so we did a trial where we would we would do that with part of the of the same field In another part of that same field we would back it up a month before to what the, to what uh, to a you know the, when the berry begins to do you know to go through seed hardening that's mm-hmm. a pretty significant hormonal change in the plant. And so we backed it up to seed hardening and then we backed it up further to just after flowering after set after fertilization and that's in mm-hmm. mid for us that's about mid June and so we had these three points in time and for ten years in, in and in every kind of a year cold years warm years wet years dry years in every kind of a year we 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 did these trials and and, in, and over these ten years, with so many different, you know, so many different types of weather, it didn't matter. The results every year were the same, and the, and those results were that the the sooner you thin, the more advanced the crop will be. And it had and there was mm. zero zero sizing, none, absolutely no sizing. the The grapes did not enlarge, and so you you didn't lose intensity by thinning early whatsoever. And so we really disproved that. If you will, old wives' tale, yeah. completely disproved it, and and so now it began taking advantage of this of this understanding and thinning earlier and and uh, allowing themselves to, in a cold year, make a huge difference well, uh, nice. by by thi- by thinning early, and taking that taking that work away from the plant immediately early in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, again, 17, opposite reaction, 17, 17 is the opposite reaction. You had a super hot year. And then the last thing you want to do is remove crop. And if you're, if you're farming by rote or by a recipe, you think, oh, two and a half tons is the right answer every year. You would have lost. You would have, you would have lost the bet in 17 because those wines would have been way, they would have been, they would have had a very short growing season. And, yeah. and you know, and so that's the that's the key. You just have to be aware of what's happening, and exactly. react and react
0: accordingly. Yeah. Well, that's that uh, seems like the what you did uh, made the wines turn out <laughs> the way you wanted to, wanted them to be because they're they're pretty tasty.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I much. like them. I, I like them a lot. I, I think it's a beautiful beautiful vintage.
0: So, uh, and a question about uh, all the fires. So, uh, like, in, obviously, last summer you know Oregon was just basically ablaze but that's definitely you know more east and you have your upwind for the most part you know well, did you
1: see any uh, you know smoke effect or well we had we had zero smoke effect i mean there's no taint here in the valley whatsoever now i can't say that for southern oregon southern oregon mm-hmm. definitely did but southern oregon was in the in the haze if you will for six straight weeks Oosh. every, every day um, for us, where where we're located, sorry. Sorry, phone calls keep coming in. I know. Uh, Sorry about that. So uh, you know where we're located, so much further north. The when we get an event, an event is when we have those rare east winds. You know, normally, our, normally our pattern of weather comes off the ocean. And those winds are carrying everything east. And so we just, you know, nothing, generally there's nothing hanging in the air here. But once in a while, and you've probably experienced it, once in a while, uh, we get an east wind coming up the gorge. Hmm. And uh, and we did for a few days, for a few days this year, we did have an east wind, and it was actually bringing not the California fires or Oregon fires, it was bringing the British Columbia the smoke from the British Columbia fires up the gorge. Exactly. We had the same the same
0: thing. We're like, whoa, this is coming from Canada. What's up?
1: Right. No, exactly. And, and that lasted, I mean, we had it off and on for maybe eight days or so, eight to 10 max hmm. um, for us. And, you know, we're always concerned. It's always a concern that there might be an issue, but we haven't seen anything. You know, we're luckily – Luckily, there's no, there's, there's nothing in the wines that shows this, you know, no, any, kind, any kind of issue. Yeah, it is good. We're lucky that way. Yeah, I'm going to be uh, looking out towards, you know, all
0: Washington wines. They're going to be interesting because, I mean, they are definitely east, you know. And yeah. They, oh, yeah. They might, they might be seeing some, a uh, little bit of smokiness in their wines.
1: Yeah, you know, and I haven't, I haven't, I know, I have a lot of friends that are out there. Um, particularly in the Walla Walla area and Red Mountain, but mm-hmm. uh, but I haven't spoken with them about whether they're seeing any issues. Let's see here. Other questions, really quick. Uh, as a
0: vintage, where would you place it? Seventeen. You kind of already said that. Kind of. Well, I would.
1: Again, I would. In terms of its um, profile, it's a whole lot like 15. And in, in other words, it'll be very. As you mentioned, it's going to be very drinkable. Um, it, early on, it, it, it's a being a warmer vintage. It will be showy. Mm-hmm. Um, it won't be a vintage like say 01 you know, or '99 or 2004 or seven, where we had to wait um, for the wines because they had quite a bit more natural acidity and were mm-hmm. firmer. They were firmer wines. Those are years where it was cooler. The wines were firmer. It just takes more time to develop. Uh, Seventeen won't be that way at all. It's going to be uh, very precocious wine, um, right? You know, right out of the gate, it'll be it'll be providing a lot of pleasure. Well, that's nice. I remember
0: the 07s, and people are like, "Oh, we don't want 07s. sevens. We don't want 07s. And then, of course, you know, a few years later, they're like, "Oh, can we get those 07s? sevens? Can we get <laughs> exactly.
1: those 07s? And it's always that way. it is always that way you know 91 was the same way i i I remember quite well we were it was such a cool year in a late year we were harvesting we actually harvested freedom hill the first few days of november and and uh wow you know and those wines were really quiet really tight they were they were they just were very unexpressive initially and 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 the press you know was was not was not impressed uh-huh. To say. um and of course people unfortunately tend to follow that lead and and so the wines were were um you know they were they just weren't bringing pleasure to people immediately but 10 years later in the entire decade of the 90s and a lot of bellyhood vintages like 92 94 and so on uh-huh. it was it was 91 that was Without, without fail, 91 was the, the favorite wine uh, of the vintage for everybody, but, you know, once, once, once it had time to develop. Exactly. Do you have any of those 91 still? I do. Nice. Not many. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Not so many. Let's see, uh, let's see here. So this uh, 17 uh, Marks your what vintage uh, in the oh. Willamette?
1: Uh, so we started in '86, so that would be 31, I guess. Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah. Well, hopefully, yeah. Uh,
0: hopefully, hopefully, you've got another 30 in you at least. Oh, I'm counting on it. Exactly. Hey, there's, uh, nothing, been... there's nothing else I do well, John.
1: It has to work out that way. <laughs> how, how about the snowboarding? Have you been, uh, have you been up yet? Uh, yeah. Well, okay, I can. Yeah, I can snowboard, and there is there is that. <laughs> But that's kind of seasonal. So. I know. Is there any snow? Yeah, we've been getting uh, um, a, a lot of a lot of snow actually here in, in the mountains. In fact, we're heading up in a couple of days, heading up to uh, Mount Hood with the family uh, to take oh.
0: advantage of it. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, my snowboarding has been kind of uh, kind of off the back the last few years. I've only gone like one time in like four years, and it's just. Oh. It's kind of a drag. I mean, I'm always finding myself doing other stuff or, you know, a lot of my uh, snowboarding, you know, you know, entourage is, you know, either moved away or or they're, you know, they're busy with the kids and so it's kind of falling off. But eh, that's okay. Maybe this year. Uh, I think that kind of covers everything. Uh, We'll close it up here. And uh, thanks again for uh, putting up with the uh, technical challenges.
1: Oh, it's all good. I'm sorry it took me a while
0: to get back. Oh no problem. And uh yeah, I look forward to getting down there and uh seeing what's uh, what the latest is in Carlton. Oh,
1: well, I'd love oh. to have you down here. There's a lot uh, there's a lot going on right now here in Oregon with um, you know, with some new state laws we're getting ready to pass and trying like to what? pass and Well, we've got uh, three three efforts, three initiatives um that I'm a part of. Uh, one is One is called conjunctive labeling Mm. and that means, what that means is that, you know, if you use a sub ABA, if you use Dundee Hills, if you use Yamhill Carlton, if you use Ribbon Ridge, Mm -hmm. don't forget to use Willamette Valley as well. Somewhere on the label, somewhere on the label use Willamette Valley because the reality, the reality is, is that nobody in China knows Ribbon Ridge nobody yeah. but you would be shocked how many people in China know Willamette Valley yeah, for and, sure. they, and they make and they make the connection a strong connection to Pinot Noir. I mean, it, that's a, and that's a worldwide a worldwide asset that we have and uh, that is that's been hard won by a lot of great people
0: that have been here from the beginning. Well, I agree completely. I mean, you know, you're talking about people in China not knowing. People in Seattle don't know. I mean, Dundee Hills, what? I mean, They know Willamette. Right. right? They
1: don't know. No, you know. exactly. They know Willamette. You're exactly right. And then the two other initiatives are uh, that we want to move from the right now, if you say Willamette Valley or Yamhill Carlton or, um, uh, you know, Ribbon Ridge, McMinnville. You know, right now the, the, the requirement is that the fruit in that bottle needs to be only 95%. It can be 5% from anything else from anywhere. And, and so we're moving to make it 100%.
0: Wow.
1: It needs to be 100% Willamette valleys, which would be the highest requirement in the United States. Um, the, so when you say source, whatever source you name on the label, it needs to be 100%. The third initiative is, is follows on the same lines of truth in labeling. I mean, you need to be you need to be honest and open uh, about what's in the bottle in our minds. And so, as you may know, currently Oregon has a 90% varietal requirement. Mm-hmm. You know, the rest the rest of the United States is 75%. So if you if it says Pinot Noir on the label in California, it only needs to be 75% Pinot Noir. In Oregon, since 1977, it's been 90%. But we're now ready, as an industry, we're now moving forward with doing 100%. And uh, and so that's also uh, that's the third initiative that's going to be before our legislature this winter that we're all, Forgive me. I'm all. I'm all for it. Oh, good for you. I mean, that's
0: the whole uh, issue of labeling in general. I mean, you know, for wine, it's, you know, there's, there are, doesn't, there don't really seem to be any regulations at all. I mean, or any guidelines. It's like. It's, you
1: know? it's, it's way too fuzzy. Let me tell you. And, and so we want, we want um, honesty, you know, and, t- and integrity, in our labeling and we're, and we're willing to you know, to go to this into the 100% levels to guarantee to people out there in the world that what's on the label is true. Not just kind of true, it's completely true. Exactly. Integrity, that's an
0: interesting word nowadays. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, great. Well, uh, let's wrap it up and I'll let you have your right. day. And uh, like I said, thanks again for taking the time. You bet. And uh, you guys have a good uh, weekend up at Hood. Thank you very much. Thank you. Have a good Christmas. Take care, John.
1: You see, too. See you later. Bye. 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 So there you go. The first episode is in the books. I hope you enjoyed
0: it, found it informative. And if you did... Please let us know and pass on the link to other people who might be interested. Thanks for listening, and be sure to stay tuned for the next episode. I assure you the quality will be improving.